Hey, welcome to the fifth in a series of vision videos, kind of a, a state of the church series. I, I'm giving a series of 12 to 15 minute videos laying out where we are, where we're heading and how we're getting there. In other words, our current reality, our vision and our strategy. And each of these videos that are just me talking like this one are interspersed with some conversations about the content of the video podcast style. So I hope you're joining us listening to both. In this video, I'm going to start laying out our vision. Way back in 2017, we started a vision discovery process. At the time, I'd been here about 25 years, and it seemed like I had one more chapter of ministry. I hoped a a longest chapter, but one more chapter of ministry. And God was leading us to a next chapter of ministry here at Calvary. During that process, God started putting some dreams on our hearts as leaders got together and talked and staff and and some of you as well. Dreams like a thousand students coming to know Jesus for the first time, doubling the number of Christ followers in Central PA by 2030, catalyzing an epic release of Jesus apprentices, leaders, front yard missionaries. To, To be honest, more than once in the last five years, I've been tempted to soften those numbers a bit especially in the last 30-plus months. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of the story of Gideon. You, you remember that one, right? It's in the book of Judges. Gideon is trying to lead a rebellion, an uprising against oppressive occupying forces. And at one point, his little army is facing overwhelming odds. And, and God basically says to him, Gideon, the enemy has 135,000 troops. You have 32,000. We've got a number problem. And, and I just kind of imagine a huge sigh of relief from Gideon. He says, oh, God, I'm so glad you brought that up. I mean, honestly, I'm shocked that 32,000 men of Israel answered my call to throw off our oppressor, but, but we're still outnumbered four to one. <laughs> no, God replies, Gideon, you have too many men. You don't need more, you need less. Huh? <laughs> so God told Gideon in verse three of Judges seven to, to do a gut check. Tell the men, Gideon, whoever's afraid, they can go home. I just imagine Gideon saying, can I go home, God? Or or could I give them a pep talk first? Or maybe you could give them a sign, a really big sign. Tell them, Gideon. So Gideon tells us 32,000 men, if they're afraid they can go home, 22,000 left. And then God said in Judges 7, 4, 10,000 is still too many, Gideon. And so God devises the silly drinking contest, which sends another 9,700 home. And God says, that's just right. Give these 300 guys a torch, a ceramic pot, and a trumpet, and we'll do something great. A torch, a ceramic pot, a trumpet, and 300 men against 135,000. We'll do something great. And can you see the slump in Gideon's shoulders? Be like God telling us, I want you to double the number of Christ followers in Central PA by 2030 and in the process catalyze an epic release of Jesus apprentices. I want you to fill Beaver Stadium with front yard missionaries, Jesus apprentices who will love their neighbors to life. I want you to turn Penn State University into a missionary sending center. You're going to send revival to the nations. But first, I'll take, I'll take away Sunday mornings for a year. <laughs> Your buildings and your programs won't work. You'll lose hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. You'll be divided. It's going to look hard. I'm going to take away your political power. The strategies you relied on for decades won't work, and I'll remove every ounce of control you think you have. I'll even send some of your best leaders to other churches, and then we'll do something great. Henry Blackaby once said, I've come to the place in my life that if the assignment I sense God has given me is something I can handle, it probably isn't from God. See, that's part of our vision. I believe that we're in a Gideon moment. 
I believe God is calling us to take a step of faith. God is showing us all that we aren't and all that we don't have and all that we can't do so that it becomes really, really clear all that he is and all that he has and all that he can do. You've heard me say this before, but the last 34 months have not been a temporary interruption on our way back to normal. It's been a transitional disruption on our way forward into God's next chapter. People like Terry Walling, who who we partner with, study People who study the way that God uses transitions will tell you that coming out of a major transition, God often leads to a faith challenge. And I picture a faith challenge as kind of a bridge from the transition into the next chapter. It's a step, often a big, huge step. I'll be honest, at so many points in the last five years as, as I've been tempted to soften the vision, kind of round it down. I mean, come on. Double the number of Christ followers in Central PA by 2030. But every time I do, I just kept keep sensing God saying, don't you dare ask me for more. A few weeks after we set our vision statement, I got an email from David Ashcraft. He was the lead pastor at that time. He's since retired, but the pastor at LCBC Church, probably the largest church in Pennsylvania, 15 to 20,000 people. He sent a letter to seven other pastors and asked if we would meet with him for a couple of days in Lancaster. In 2015, God had given them the vision of impacting 100,000 people in Pennsylvania. And two years into it, they were saying, you know, there's no way we can do this alone. Could we do something together with other churches? And, And those two days, as we met, I just kept hearing God say, ask me for more. In the same span of days, I sat down with with 30 or 40 people from Lewistown to talk about the same thing, and that led to our Calvary-Lewistown gathering, a a building given to us. And and in the midst of that, I kept hearing God say, would you at least ask me for more? Then a few weeks after that Lewistown conversation, a local pastor that I, I hadn't talked to for years, he didn't really know what was going on at Calvary, let alone what was going on in my heart, and he asked if we could get together. He, he told me that God put us on his heart about three months earlier, and he felt like God wanted him to tell me, you're thinking about doing some big things, and God just wants you to know that you have a green light for everything that's in your heart. He's with you, and he favors you, so the visions, dreams, and goals are a go. <laughs> Listen, you guys, I'm, I'm not a prophet. You, you don't want me to tell you that I know what God's going to do and how he's going to do it. I can't even envision a box that's big enough for what God can do. But I do believe that he wants me to call you to join me in asking him for more. Because at the very heart of our vision, this this really is our vision. The heart of our vision is a God who, like Paul says in Ephesians 3.21, is a God who is beyond more. He, He can do immeasurably more than we can ask for or can even imagine. So let's ask him for more. You know, for a lot of years, people around State College have dreamed. Some have even prophesied about Beaver Stadium being filled with God's people. And in the past, I'll be honest, I thought it was unlikely at best, impossible at worst. But but in the last four years, when that stadium comes to my mind, I, I keep sensing the Spirit saying, that's not even enough. Ask me for more. So here's what I've been praying the last few years. Instead of a stadium filled with spectators, fans in the stands, there to hear the gospel or, or even there to worship, I'm praying for a stadium that's filled with players, 100,000 missionaries, front yard missionaries, marketplace ministers, next-gen pastors, missionaries to our neighbors, the next generation and the nations. And, and I think it starts by asking Jesus for more. Ask him. I mean, it always begins with humble hearts asking an amazingly omnipotent God for more. 
Five years ago, in the midst of our vision discovery process, I, I put these words on paper describing our see wow dream, our church without walls dream. I wrote things like this. It is the dream of a great movement of prayer taking place, which will see hundreds of people trained in prayer and every person in our region prayed for by name on a regular basis. It's the dream of life transformation and disciple-making, mission that takes place in, in small groups of people experiencing authentic biblical community, praying together, studying the Bible together, support each other, being on mission together. It's a dream of restoring marriages and nurturing families and seeing a thousand children and students make decisions to follow Jesus by the year 2030. It's a dream of being on a mission to develop and send thousands of leaders to bring life-giving connections to the whole world. It's, it's a dream of every member going on mission as a front yard missionary, empowering multi-church leaders through a regional leadership strategy. It's the dream of empowering every member for a personal life mission. It's the dream of sharing the gospel with thousands and thousands in the center region, baptizing 2,000 by the year 2030. It's the dream of seeing 100 small groups with an ongoing mission in our community and 500 people committed to a rhythm of prayer that helps them love their neighbors. It's the dream of reaching the next generation and being a catalyst for revival at Penn State University. It's a dream of building facilities that will be for all the people of the center region, a dream of having a place where families come to enjoy being a family. It's a dream of a place that will be a center for prayer and study, a resource to the community, a hub of ministry for multiple congregations throughout central PA. It's a dream of partnering with Christian leaders in Myanmar to start 100 new congregations and 10 unreached people groups. I'll be honest, I don't know which of those dreams are wish dreams, which ones are seeds planted by the Spirit of God, but I do believe with all my heart that he's asking us to ask for more. So in each of these videos that I've done, I give you something to do, and here's what I would ask you to do. Go to Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. It's one of my favorite prayers in all of Scripture. It's a prayer of Paul for more. And over the course of the next 21 days, would you pray that prayer, read that prayer, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Would you pray that prayer every day? And let's ask God together for more. Father, thank you for each and every person listening listening to this, each and every person maybe being stirred up just a little bit to ask you for more not even just uh, corporately as a church, but even individually to ask you for more, to ask you to do more in us and through us. God, I, I pray like Paul that you would strengthen us with the power of your spirit, that you would help us to build our lives in the foundation of Jesus' love that is beyond understanding, that you would fill our lives with all the fullness that comes from your hand and that we would know you to be the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask for or even imagine. It's in his name we pray, amen.